Welcome to The Measuring Line. I'm your host, Heath Meadows. I just got back from the Voices in the Wilderness Conference down in Kannapolis, North Carolina, at Jeremiah Johnson's ministry, The Altar Global. It was a great conference. Definitely something that I wasn't prepared for. It was totally different than what I was expecting, which tends to happen a lot at conferences. I'm not one of these guys that go to a lot of conferences and you know just bounce around looking for prophetic word or whatnot or get a fix. I, I actually go to North Carolina, which is it's about a six and a half hour drive for me. It's not too bad. It's actually a pretty drive. But yeah, I go down there basically just to get kind of rejuvenated, to get spiritually refreshed. There's always a great presence of God down there. And I think, you know, you prove your hunger when you put a little effort into things and put a little bit of money into things and time and, and to drive and, you know, God rewards your hunger. So it's a it's an awesome time when you go down there. I highly recommend his conferences and meetings that are there at his church. He actually has a church that he's planted there now. So it's a great time. But the conference did take a turn that I don't think anybody was really expecting. We, When you hear voices in the wilderness, you're thinking just end time mobilization of the ministry, prophetic ministry, things of that nature. But the tone was set from the very beginning. God was really serious about what he wanted to do this weekend. It was a very sobering message when it came to not just, it wasn't so much voices coming out of the wilderness. It was actually what to do in the wilderness and that there was people there that was in different stages. Some were just going in, some were in the middle, and some were coming out of the wilderness experience. And I think as you mature as a Christian, you go through multiple wilderness experiences through your life, testings and trials and things that are just not a whole lot of fun to go through. But in the end, as you come out of those things, they are definitely invaluable for making us Christ-like, for building our maturity to making us a mature Christian, able to rightly divide the word of truth and to actually be helpful to people and, and not be a burden ourselves. But the big thing that I started when I went into this conference was, you know, kind of wanting to get a feel for what the next steps, obviously for me and my life. And again, I'm not one that goes around looking for a prophetic word. I believe that we should pursue God ourselves. And you hear a message like what basically surrender in the wilderness, like one of the comments or one of the things that Jeremiah said the first night, if this gives you any indication, was that Jesus picked up his cross, not so that we wouldn't have to, but to show us how to pick up our own. And that's a powerful statement, and that's pretty much the theme of where this conference went. Not that it didn't, I didn't leave feeling beat up or defeated, I actually left encouraged, and but very sober-minded because I believe we're about to head into some very dark times and we need to be mature we need to be ready and to be that light that shines in the darkness and it was important as i went through this to realize that you know not to short circuit the process that we go through in the wilderness and a lot of times we do that we we either pull back or we we quit or try to shortcut some things but it's really important to trust god when we're in that position 
and then just allow those circumstances to mold us into the image of Christ. The one or another saying that was really kind of hit upon a lot was the cost of salvation is, but maturity is very expensive. And the testimonies that came from the speakers that night were very powerful. Some of the things that they had went through personally are just incredibly painful. The loss, loss of children, just really painful stuff. People don't realize that there's a price to pay for the anointing. And and it's not you're not going to get a double portion throwing a bunch of money at a preacher. It is the trials and tribulations of life and the scars that we take from those experiences that give us the authority in our realm of influence. It is not money. It's not how we speak. It's not how well we know certain things. I would venture to say, you know, the devil knows the word, guys. So you can study the word, and you should study the word and know the word and know God's ways. But just to be able to regurgitate Scripture, you have to live it. You have to live. And again, it goes back to picking up our own cross, what our cross is to bear, and, and our own scars. You know, it reminds me of what Smith Wigglesworth, who was one of the greatest healing evangelists of our time, said to a young man who asked him what it was, what was the secret to his power and his anointing. And and, the, and Smith Wigglesworth just told him flat out, I'm a broken vessel. I've been shattered by the Lord. He's broken me. It, be careful what you, and he told the young man, be careful what you ask for. Because if you get it, it's 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 a shattering. It's a it's a brokenness that God breaks in in order to mold us into His Son's image, and very much so was that the message of this conference. It, when you're going through the wilderness, you just gotta you gotta go through. You gotta pick up your cross, and we can't short circuit that process. And we and we definitely, you know. Again, got to live the word. It's not just about reading the word and knowing some things. It's being the. It's it's living it. It's having it in our hearts. It's it's experiencing what it means to be persecuted for His namesake, to enter into battle with the enemy, knowing that there's casualties and there's things that are going to happen, but count it all for good when we suffer. Uh, for his namesake, because you know what? We're laying things up. We're laying treasures in heaven. We need to focus on that vein. And uh, again, this whole idea of this maturity and purifying repentance and deliverance, just a flushing out of things. I mean, there were stains inside me. I was like, whoa, yeah, we need to get rid of that. And just a good, good healing and processing time with the Lord in this conference. One of the other things that I think is so crucial, I've spoken on this many, many times, and Jeremiah Johnson brought this up, and this is a shift that's happening in the church, but ministry being a ministry from vulnerability, being completely transparent and vulnerable as you minister to people and that this generation this next move is going to have and be started part of the the characteristics of it i should say is is the vulnerability you know and i, I get real sick of people placing men and women of god up on these huge pedestals and i think there's honor due to a lot of them but you know there's not a single one of them that that is without sin and those that act as if they're on 
a different plane or they should be treated with this royalty kind of mindset because I am a prophet and blah, 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 blah. There's no place for that. And it's, it, that's garbage. I mean, the reality of it is we all struggle and we have our moments with God. We have some bad moments. We have some good moments. And the vulnerability in that, the power is that it's humility that creates the vulnerability. And there's power that flows, again, through that brokenness because humility will break you. It'll break your... And God's power can flow through those things. And that's what's missing in a lot of the church circles today. The encouraging, really encouraging, was the amount of generation or Z or Z generation, whatever they call them. I think it was like, it's around the ages of, I don't know, I think it's 14 to 24 or, or 11 to 4, 24. They call it the Z, you know, Generation Z, the ones that don't seem to be going to church. Well, there was quite a bit of Generation Z at this conference, and every single one of them were on fire. There was two young ladies that got up and spoke, gave a testimony, and those girls could preach, and I think they were 16 years old. It was amazing, and, and they were, they're on fire for God, and that's the encouraging thing that comes out of this is there are hung, there are a lot of people that are hungry for the presence and the legitimate move of God, and when I say that, these guys are not going around searching for the latest fix or latest you know emotional craze in the charismatic church. These people are hungry for the authentic, the authentic presence of God to actually be in his presence, not to be entertained by the worship team, but for the worship team to lead them into his presence. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving on my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. That's how we enter into his presence. We There is a process to this. And if your praise and worship team is only up there to sing to those congregants and they're not singing unto Jesus, chances are you're not going to enter into the presence of God. You've got a concert, not a worship session. That praise and worship team needs to be anointed and needs to be in the presence in the secret place in order to corporately and publicly those into his presence in the public place. And that's got to happen in our churches today. There has to be a shift with this. There is way too many. I've been to so many churches where the praise and worship's flat. Well, half of it is people aren't anointed. Half of it is because most of them don't have a personal prayer life. They're not on fire for God. And most of it is I'm up here on stage and I get to entertain and be looked at. And I'm, I'm singing to the crowd and I'm not singing to Jesus. I'm not lifting up the name of the Lord in order that his presence may fall. And those things have to change in our churches today. But I'm telling you, there's churches out there doing it. I've been to them. It's a beautiful thing. It's encouraging to see the fire of God on people. People are on fire. I mean, they're they're sounding the alarm for what's coming and and what's happening in the in, in the United States. But you know, we can sit back and just point the finger all the time. It's it's really I was thinking even before this conference, I was thinking of Jeremiah and his orders from God which, you know, God gave him anointing to to tear down and and all that, and and we look at those basically tear down, build up, and 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 level out. And I think you know it's really easy to tear down something, but it ain't easy to build something. So you take a house, for example, with the right equipment, even even with sometimes even with just a sludge hammer and some you know and some bent up 
been up, good old been up. I need to get out some stress or whatever. You can tear down a house, tear down a wall. You can tear it down pretty, pretty easily. There's no thinking involved. There's no planning. There's no architecture. There's no skill involved in tearing something down unless you are, it's really big. And then you got to have demolition skill and that's a whole different thing. But it's just no, I mean, you can tear something down pretty easily. I can point out what's going wrong with the church and I have no problem pointing things out when it needs to be, but it's so much harder to build something up. It's so much harder to lay a foundation and make it square and make it level and then to lay a basement on top of that and then to build on top of it. It's so much more skillful to build something on the rock of Christ than it is to tear something down in his name when he never even sent you to begin with. And that's what's happening a lot. It's too much. There are people and there are times to say this, we can't have this. When someone's teaching false doctrine, absolutely. But we have to spend more time building the kingdom than tearing down some of the structures that are already there. Maybe they just need some reform. Maybe they just need you know, a little bit of brought up to speed or whatever. What do they call that? I just completely lost the, the, the word renovating, you know, but it's, it's a lot easier again, to tear something down to point the finger and, and look out there and, and say, man, look at a, look at the mess. And there is something strange going on in the United States. There's no doubt about in the world. I mean, it's something so dark and weird that even people in the world are saying what is going on. And there is something that obviously that is very dark and disturbing that's happening. And yes, we can get caught up in that if we're not careful, but let's focus on what God's doing. Cause this ain't, I'm going to give you all a newsflash. God's not surprised about what is happening in the world today. He's seen this coming. He's not surprised. He's not worried. Neither should we be. The enemy in the next few days was going, or not few days, but in the next, in the coming months, in the next couple years, is going to try to incite fear and anxiety on a, a whole nother level. It seems like he continually ups the ante. And in that, we have to find the peace that surpasses all understanding with his Christ in us, the hope of glory. We have to carry that peace in the kingdom into this world and into our areas of influence, our work, our neighborhoods, wherever the wherever that may be. And if we don't change holistically a person spiritually, if we don't touch them emotionally, if we don't if we don't institute some type of and plant a seed of change within them and, and transformation, then we've not brought the kingdom of God with us. We've, we've brought something else because no one can come in contact with the king and not be changed. No one can come into his presence within his kingdom and not be altered and, and be moved and, and want to pursue him, not, not having a direct, a direct contact. Now there's those that have, will reject him and, and that, you know, we still need to pray for them, but, the reality is we are his ambassadors and we need to take his presence out there. But this conference is, was really encouraging, especially seeing all the young people just, I, I'm, I'm talking guys, I'm not talking about, you know, going and, and praising God. I'm talking about in the front, jumping up and down, praising. Some of them were in tears on their hands and knees, 
uh, just praying to God, crying out to God. I mean, it was it was beautiful. And these are a young generation that everybody keeps telling us is lost. That's not going to come to church. You know, you know why they don't come to church? Because they can't find any churches where the presence of God is falling on them like that. Most of our churches are in a mess. But that's changing, and God's raising up churches in this area and across the United States and across the world. It's happening. I've heard I've heard stories from England. I've heard stories from Scotland. I've heard stories from all over the United or all over the world where God is raising up these churches and, and these just arcs of His presence. It's it's amazing, and I just heard too a report that Asbury College had an outpouring of the Holy Spirit this week. Ohio Christian College, which is literally about 15 or 20 minutes down my road, somebody said that they believe they're having some kind of move, movement down there where the Holy Spirit's pouring out over the student body. And uh, there was another college in Kentucky that was having, or a seminary that was having the same experience. So God is on the move, guys. God is up to something really, really good. And we can get caught up in the darkness and we can start, you know, shaking our finger at the Emmys and pointing at the people acting like, you know, debauchery and devil worship and all that stuff. But the reality of it is that takes our focus off Christ. Sinners are going to sin. The church needs to show them a better way. They need to be the better way. And I really am encouraged after coming off this weekend and, and seeing people just, again, on fire for God. So it's a great thing to see. But uh, yeah, so I recommend anytime that you get an opportunity to head down to North Carolina and visit the Ark Fellowship or the Altar School or the, that's not the altar school, but the altar or global, they have a school where they're training people to witness and, and uh, go out into their spheres and influence the, the world for Christ. But yeah, anytime you get a chance to do that, I highly recommend it. You'll, you'll be blessed. Um, it's just an awesome thing that Jeremiah Johnson and his team are doing down there and just great people. And just, again, a, a, just a blessing to be able to go to a place where people are transparent, love God, and just want to be in his presence not worried about building a platform. They just want to see people's hearts changed and delivered and set free and and ushered into their destiny in Christ. So encourage everybody to check it out. You can see all the, the sessions on YouTube. If you go to Jeremiah Johnson's YouTube channel and all the sessions from the conference are actually on there, you can listen and watch them. Highly recommend the ones by Jeremiah and Karen Wheaton. She preached the last session. It was just phenomenal. And uh, Corey Russell, man, he did, he was, he, he knocked it out of the park. It was, he was transparent, but just the power of what his testimony and what he's been through and what God has showed him is coming and his heart to see true shepherds in the body of Christ. It was just, it was fantastic. So highly recommend checking those out until we talk again. God bless.